Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Chuck Bellino, and I want to welcome everyone to the Journeys to Success radio show. I want to give a special thanks to Tom Tito Cunningham for allowing me to sit behind the mic today. Um, I am a personal development coach, and our company is called Results from Thinking. We're out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Our whole goal is to help you become a better you. And when you do that, uh, how we do this is uh, through educating people on the power of their thoughts and helping them close the gap between the goals that they want and the results that they achieve. I, um, I have the privilege today of speaking with Andrew Lazarczyk, and uh, let me share a little bit about uh, Andrew. Uh, this is really cool. Rare is a story of a childhood fantasy becoming a reality like this one. Wildcat Championship Belts was a dream for a small-town boy from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Andrew's interest in championship belts started when he was a child back in the 1980s. He was a huge wrestling fan, uh, watching many of the great legends like Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Macho Man, Randy Savage, and all the superstars of that era, and he would watch it every Saturday morning. While Andrew was enjoying the entertainment aspect of the sport, he took a keen interest to the championship belts that the wrestlers fought for every week. His artistic talents kicked in, and he would attempt to recreate this, uh, these magnificent belts he saw each week on paper. Uh, he would use leftover dot matrix printer paper that his aunt would bring home from work, um, and he would create these intricate belt drawings by hand with colored pencils, pens, and markers, and creating these visual masterpieces that he believed at the time were worthy of recognition, and I'm sure they were, um, on his website. I was actually able to, able to see some of the uh, earlier works that he did. As Andrew uh, grew older, he created um, this uh, passion for these belts, and he started using other items around the house, a, uh, as well as an unused, um, so let me rephrase that, he started using items around the house, as well as unused rubber and tin roofing material from a local roofing company. He also found other things at a local hardware store down the street. One day, Andrew was buying a brass kick plate for a door, metal engravers, and bolts for one of his latest creations. And when he was checking out, the store owner made a statement, where there's a will, there's a way, as he rang up uh, Andrew's purchase, knowing full well what these items were going to be used for. This comment stuck with Andrew, and it became his motto as he started growing his passion into a business. He graduated from LaRoche College with a degree in graphic design, and it was here where his passion met with opportunity. The college hosted a pro wrestling fundraiser show, and Andrew was introduced to the promoter of the show, who soon introduced him to several business people within the arena of pro wrestling. This was Andrew's first in into the world of pro wrestling, and over time, he got involved with refereeing, ring announcing, as well as managing and promoting, which sounds really cool. After graduating college, he worked in the printing industry for several years and with the will to create championship belts professionally, he found a way to make it happen. His persistence got through him uh, through tremendous adversity and he created the opportunity for himself to get his work in front of a key decision maker and the rest is history. Over the years, Andrew has promoted, I'm sorry, produced numerous championship belts for WWE and his custom designed belts have landed in the hands of famous legends such as The Rock 
Hulk Hogan, and Zack Ryder. He's expanded his market to corporations and businesses and has created corporate trophy belts for companies such as Coca-Cola, Red Bull, Verizon, FedEx, and Google. You can see his work by visiting www.wildcatbelts.com. Andrew, you on the line? I'm right here. Hey, how you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, we have met out in the um, community. Uh, we, we actually don't live too far away. And I've had the privilege of meeting you at a couple networking opportunities and uh, gotten to know you a little bit and have spent some time on your website. And uh, I was on it before when we first met and it was impressive, but for some reason I missed big sections of your website. And I've been on there uh, more recently looking and I'm just amazed at the work that you've been doing and the reach that you've had uh, with what you have been doing. So if I could start, how'd you get into this thing? Well, thank you very much for the compliments. Um, yeah, it's a weird thing. Um, it's it's not something you, uh, it's something that definitely happened over time. Um, mm -hmm. It's unique for sure on every level. Um, as you read in my bio there, you know, I was always a wrestling fan as a kid. Um, growing up with my friends in the neighborhood, I used yeah. to have a wrestling ring made out of rubber hoses in my backyard. <laughs> I had the, the two posts of the jungle gym, a clothesline pole, and a tree made a perfect square. So That's ingenious. Yeah, so we had a ring back there. So we we're always wrestling and doing something about wrestling or watching it on pay-per-view or Saturday morning. So that was my thing. You know, I wasn't into baseball or football or anything. I, wrestling was just my thing. And everybody kind of knew me as that. And that was cool when you're younger. But then, like, when you hit, uh, you know, your formative years, the junior, senior high years, and – you're still a wrestling fan and nobody else is, you know, you get, a, you catch a lot of heat from a lot of people, but you know, I persisted. It was my thing. It's what I liked. I wasn't going to let someone talk me out of it. So um, I just stuck with it. Um, and like you said, went to college for graphic design and totally by, well, some people say by coincidence, but you know, as we've talked about before with, you know, you're, you're, if you, when you're, you, you think positive thoughts and you think what you want, it, it, it manifests into reality of attraction. Absolutely. Exactly. So, you know, pick LaRoche college there in the North Hills of Pittsburgh. What are the chances that my freshman year of college or freshman year of college, they decide to have a pro wrestling show as a fundraiser. I mean, what other colleges would have this, you know what that, I mean? I would have to say that is pretty unique. I have not. Right. And, and I had nothing to do with it. It wasn't like I was involved in the activities committee and I picked the thing or anything like that. Totally just happened. So, you know, I certainly saw that, seized that opportunity to be able to meet uh, the promoters and the, the one of the referees was a friend of a friend kind of thing. So yeah. that's how I got into the actual wrestling business. And I used to, you know, I, at first I wanted to be, you know, like a character. So, but I, I'm not an athlete by any means. So I wasn't going to be a wrestler, but, you know, I was a manager. I did ring announcing and refereeing. And uh, I eventually ran some shows of my own as well. But Was that all in the local area? Uh-huh. Yeah. Right here in Pittsburgh, greater Pittsburgh. Uh, okay. yeah, shows here at St. Vincent College in Lake Trobe. Um, uh, different high schools and fire departments throughout West Virginia, Ohio, um, that general vicinity. Very cool. But uh, yeah, so that's how I got into the actual wrestling business. But um, I always wanted to make belts. You know, I used yeah. to make belts out of paper or out of things around the house, like you were just saying. Yeah. Um, my dad was a pharmacist here in Lake Trobe, and um, he obviously was, you know, a prominent businessman in the area. And one of the local roofing companies, John's Roofing here in Lake Trobe, was a customer, and he knew 
what uh, we, he had redone our roof. That's what it was. He had redone our roof and there was some leftover rubber roofing and it was perfect for a belt. You know what I mean? You knew it as soon as you saw it, right? Yeah, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, that looks just like leather. You know what I mean? I, that, that's perfect. So, you know, for the leftover rubber roofing we had on our house, I would make belts and my dad saw, oh, wow, this really works out well. So he talked to the guy that owned the company. He's like, hey, if you have any other scraps, you know, drop them off. And at least once a month, we, I'd go home and there'd be a big, huge pile of scrap rubber roofing on my front porch that he left over. So I would just make belts out of that, which was awesome. <laughs> but, uh, so I used to make them, you know, as a kid, just screwing around, you know, make them look like the ones that you see on TV, on WWE yeah. or NWA, that kind of thing. And, um, <clears throat> and then that was kind of it for a while. You know, I, did, I just figured, well, okay, that's it. So then, you know, go to college. Get the degree. Let me ask you real quick on that. Growing up and doing that, it seemed like you may have spent a lot of time doing that. And I know, yes. I know sometimes you have those that uh, influence you positively. And then those that criticize you for what you do, right? right. Um, being in the personal development, when you read Think and Go Rich, one of the first things he challenges you on is friends and family are going to be your biggest critics. And because they know you the closest and the most. And if they see you doing something, first, they might try to protect you, saying, why are you wasting your time with this? Or you're going to get hurt. Um, or they'll say, you're not creative. You're not talented. You're not going to make money at that. Stop wasting your time. Did you get both sides of that? It sounds like your dad encouraged you. There's others that kind of maybe ridiculed yeah. you or picked on you because you had this passion. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, my, my family was always supportive of me being, you know, into wrestling. I mean, my, my parents would get us, you know, get me tickets to the shows. I mean, they weren't particularly wrestling fans. So once I hit about 14, they realized I'm old enough. I could go into the civic arena by myself find my seat, watch the show and then meet them out front. So they got a free dinner. They went, they went out to dinner, you, go. you know, and dropped me off and I <laughs> met them, you know, so that was kind of cool to be able to, you know, kind of be on my own, a little bit of, you know, be yeah. on my own, a little independence, but uh, you know, certainly, you know, kids in school and friends and things like that, they weren't always so nice. You know, they're like, oh, what are you watching that fake stuff for? Mm -hmm. That's all crap. And you know, it's all phony, blah, blah, blah. That's for kids. But you yeah. know what? I wasn't going to, not like it because somebody else didn't, right. you know, and it certainly, uh, you know, taught me a life lesson without really realizing it is not, you know, don't judge people for what they like, you know, right. I mean, that's right. everyone's different. So that's what makes the world go round. Right. So, um, and, that, and that intrigued me because again, what I do with people, um, they will have people, you know, I, one of the things I'll tell them when they start working with me is you're going to start making changes in your life and some people are going to be on board with it and other people are not. And they're probably going to be the closest people to you. And some people don't want to see you change because that means that they have to change and people hate change. Mm -hmm. uh, so be prepared with that. You can tell them you're working with me. It's probably best that you don't because they'll criticize you for it. You know, what do you need someone to help you with? So the fact that you weren't discouraged by naysayers, let's say, and you kept to your passion and your interest uh, is huge because unfortunately, a lot of people will get that opposition. And it'll make them stop and they won't push through. So, right, right. They're more, I find that most people are way more concerned about what other people think mm -hmm. than what they feel. You're right. So yeah. like it, it, I, you know, if I've taken the, the, I guess the mantra or whatever you want to call it of, um, I don't ever want to, you know, live my life. And at some point look back and say, what if, Sure. Like, what if I would have done that? What if I would have tried that? You know what I mean? So 
I've actually done that with other things too in my life. I actually went to school to be a massage therapist mm-hmm. after college. Yeah. So I wasn't real thrilled with being in the printing industry. And I, I had thought, I thought I wanted to be a massage therapist. I went to school for it. Um, I did it for a while and it turns out I really didn't like it that much. I mean, it was cool, but there wasn't a lot of money in it and it's, yeah. it's very physically taxing. Yeah. It just wasn't, you know, worth my, it wasn't what I wanted to do. But if I would have never done that, I probably still to this day would always wonder, well, what if I would have done that? I wonder if right. I would have liked that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and I try to do that with everything. You know what I mean? I don't ever want to ask myself, what if? It's certainly not because of what someone else is going to think of me. Right. Regrets are the hardest thing to uh, move past. It's very difficult. So I applaud you for that. So, so you get into college. Yes. And uh, pick up your story from there. So, um, yeah. So we get to La- I go to LaRoche College for freshman year. They do a pro wrestling show as a fundraiser. So I get to meet the promoter. Super nice guy from Upper St. Clair. Um, he introduced, he tells me about some other shows that were going on in the area. And in the wrestling world, there's a lot of people who don't realize that there's WWE. That's the big game. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a worldwide thing, but there are literally hundreds of little, what they call indie promotions, which are just like a little individual. They're not even promotions. They just run shows locally, yeah. like on a yeah. local level at fire halls and colleges and yeah. things like that. So, and that's where all the guys in WWE started, you know, you just got to start somewhere. So, right there is a world out there that most people don't even know exists of wrestling. Now those people need belts. And, um, that's, you know, when I was involved, I enjoyed wrestling belts. So, you know, I got to see some real belts firsthand. I got to touch them, feel them, see what the real deal looks like. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, you know, I know I can make these, you know, I used to make them out of other stuff, but you know, if I do a little bit of research and really, you know, start, brainstorming here. I, I know I can do this. I mean, there's a leather store here locally. I can get the leather. Um, I, I, the metal was the trickiest part to figure out. I'm going to school for graphic design, which literally is, you know, what you need to do the, all the software that you learn. That's what you need to be able to design these championship belts. Yeah. Have to have the software, have to know how to use it, have to have a sense of design. Um, so I'm already training in that, or, you know, at, at the time I started doing this professionally trained in it. Um, so it was just a matter of figuring out the metal part, which, um, you know, again, was a lot of asking, you know, a lot of questions, asking anybody I could ask a lot of, thankfully the internet existed. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how I could have done it without the internet to be honest. <laughs> but, um, you know, going online, looking up metal manufacturers, metal fabricators, plating companies, that kind of thing. Um, so it was, it was a lot of trial and error and it was a lot of, uh, testing and, um, you know, it's not something that you can, um, it's not something that's taken seriously, especially, um, especially when you're first starting out because, you know, I don't really have a client base or I right. can't guarantee, you know, a certain amount of work or anything like that. Right. Now it's a little bit different, but, um, yeah, so, you know, figuring out the metal part was the trickiest part, but once I got that done, then I was in business. Because you had to learn how to work with the leather, right. cut it, uh, treat it, shape it, style cool. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw on some of your imagery on the uh, website, you have some uh, punches that look like uh, you can create patterns on the leather. Right. Um, I'm assuming you have to cut the leather out. 
Yeah, I mean, it starts as the side of a cow. It's literally the side of a cow. And you just draw the strap on it, cut it out, and then you got to do all the tooling, um, you know, uh, around the edges and through the, you know, through the whole belt, really. Um, and then dye it and seal it and all that kind of So there's several different steps involved in making it. Just belt. to get the leather prepped. And then, like you said, all the uh, metal work, uh, whereas right. initially you used a door kick plate. And a metal engraver, like you would, would engrave your initials on a key. Yeah, use that to actually draw it onto the metal. Which onto the metal. If and, you can, if you've ever heard one of the, the sounds that those things make, you can. Oh, they grind, right? They're constantly yeah, ripping. Parents love that. <laughs> That's better than drums or something, right? Um, well, I suppose. And then you had to attach. I mean, you know, I, I when I was looking at the belts, I'm looking at how they're fabricated. <clears throat> now they're in the hands of wrestlers who can be rough. Oh yeah. And you got to make sure these things don't blow apart when they, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like the ones I, use, yeah, the ones I used to make when I played, it was just glue or, you know, double-sided tape. Obviously you got to have the real deal with the, with these real belts. So that was another, uh, you know, learning curve as to how to figure out how to attach this hardware to the, to the metal. And, um, you know, that was all part of it. Yeah. Any experience with uh, business because now you're, now you have material cost you have time and labor and you have a, a price point that you have to say, look, this is what it's going to be worth. And, and the more, um, the more uh, inexperienced or the more of a rookie you are, as you learn the processes, the more it's going to cost you to make the belt, but you can't ask for that higher price, right? I mean, a certain dollar amount that you have to come into the market with to be competitive. Yeah, I was, uh, well, I took advantage of the fact that I was, doing it just almost as a side business or a hobby job, hobby slash job type thing. So I wasn't making a living at it. So I definitely took advantage of the, the concept of you have to spend money to make money. Okay. And I also knew when I started just to get my foot in the door and to get my own, to pay for my own basically experience on the job experience. Yeah. I didn't charge ridiculous amounts. I charged basically enough to pay for the materials just to learn it because you know I, was, I couldn't just keep paying out of my pocket to make notes for myself right so i made ones for customers and they were nice you know they're certainly worthy of the price that i charge but i wasn't making a lot of money on it right but i was learning right so i kind of chalk it up to you know as education really yeah everyone has a day one where you don't know much of anything right and then you got to grow from there and you got to get your name out there Exactly. And you got to start the momentum and you obviously started the momentum. When did you start this? This has been like 10 years in the making? Uh, 12 years in May. So May of 05. Okay. Wonderful. Officially when I started my business. Yeah. How long does it take to make one belt? Well, I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of different steps involved, but if you were to come to me today and you wanted a belt made, um, I would tell you, okay, it'll be done in about 12 weeks. Okay. So from beginning to end from, because I have other orders, so I can't get to yours right away, but then I got to do the artwork, which takes a while and sometimes goes back and forth a few times to make sure I get the art exactly right. And that's your, um, your, um, your design, uh, education. Uh, yeah. It's graphic design, graphic design that you map it out and you say, Hey Chuck, this is the concept that you want. And we agree on it. And then you yeah. put it on metal or work. Yeah. That, from that point, yeah. From that point, once you approve it, it gets sent off, the metal gets made. And then in the meantime, I'm making the leather. Gotcha. Um, then it gets back to me. Then I have to paint it. 
Um, I have to put it all together. I have to glue the back on. So there's a lot of different stuff. I mean, you got to paint it. You got to let it dry. You got to glue it. You got to let it dry. So there's a lot of waiting around too. Okay. So, you know, and and on top of that, you know, I have your order, but I probably have, you know, at least 15 other orders going too. So you you only have, you know, 24 hours in a day. So um, you can't get to everything every day, which is one of my, I don't want to say weaknesses, but it's one of my things that drives me nuts because I can't get everything done. I need to get this done. I got to get that done. So I got to definitely organize my days um, ahead of time. And it's just you. Just me. Well, I do have a, I do have, I did take on in the last two years now, uh, a gentleman that helps me with the leather work. So he does do a lot of the leather work, which works well because that was one of the parts that I could afford to outsource that would make sense to outsource and pay someone else to do and I just don't like doing it (laughs) I'm not I mean I can do it and I do pretty good at it but I just don't particularly enjoy leather work it's just not what I like to do the most out of all the stuff so I find that uh, that gets done elsewhere yeah but the cool thing is you know how to do it Uh, you know how your entire business works yeah if he can't or it's a super pinch or for whatever reason I can do it right it's cool that I don't have to do it Right. Uh, I'm working with a couple of gentlemen on internet and social media for my company and I don't love it. Yeah. I'm learning how to do it. And one day I will have someone else be working on that stuff. And well, so- that's, and, and you know what, that goes back once that's a key principle to me that I learned through the Napoleon uh, Hill uh, readings is you don't have to know how to do everything. No. Surround yourself with the people that know how to do it and do right. it. Right. And that's exactly why I started doing that. Like I don't have, I mean, yeah, I can make a few more bucks doing it myself, but the peace of mind and the time that I have to do whatever else, whether it's professional or personal is much more valuable to me than the extra couple bucks that I'm going to make by doing it myself. Cool. Very cool. Uh, let's see. How many belts do you think you've uh, created since you uh, started 10, yeah, I figured you were going to ask me that because I was thinking about it earlier. And uh, I, I mean, I don't have an exact number, but if I went on average, I've been doing it professionally for what I say, 11 and a half years. Yeah. I'm probably around 2,500. Yeah, I, I was looking at your website and all the different categories that you've created belts in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was, I, I was amazed at how much I was scrolling through your website looking at all the different belts that you've created over the years. And yeah. And there's so many that I just haven't put on my website too, but, or, or duplicate orders, you know, reruns like just before um, we did this interview, I'm boxing up, I'm boxing up four belts right now. None of which have anything to do with wrestling. Okay. But one of them is for uh, mutual of Omaha. Yeah. They do uh, whoever their top sales guy of the year is. They've come to me. This is their fifth year in a row that they do top salesmen of mutual of Omaha insurance. Nice. Um, but it's nice because it's the same belt. They just changed the name on it, which actually for them, it's been the same guy every year. So I would not have to change it. So it's just a matter of changing the year changing from 2015 to 2016. So the, all, all the work's done. I just got to, you know, send it off, get a new piece of metal made with a new year on it and it's done. But, um, yeah. So, yeah. So like I wouldn't necessarily post, Oh yeah, I did mutual Omaha. Oh, yeah. I've already done four of them in the last four years. You know what I mean? Well, the cool thing is they keep coming back to you. They like your work and you have a unique niche. Um, so my next question, and you just brought it up is the marketing. You obviously started with wrestling cause that was where your passion was and, and the belts that you create. And again, if you're listening 
if you're listening online, you need to go to Andrew's uh, website, www.wildcat. Wildcat. Hold on one second. Wildcat belts. Wildcat belts dot com wildcatbelts.com you need to look at these belts they're incredible um so now you just don't market to hulk hogan and the rock and the wrestlers and that industry mma i saw in there as well and right. you're hitting the corporate world what's that look like yeah that's actually that's my goal that's been my goal for the last year and a half and it's going to be a big one here in 2017 um the wrestling people know where to find me, you know, wrestling fans, wrestling promoters, even MMA, they know that they need belts for their promotion. So they know where to go. My goal is corporate awards. That's what I'm looking to do is salesman of the month, salesman of the year, yep. um, top, you know, um, uh, sales departments, um, that kind of thing. Um, and that's really where a majority of my business is. Um, I would say, I don't, I don't know the exact number, but I would say at least 75% of my business is corporate awards. Comes from there. Yeah, it's not wrestling or MMA or boxing or anything like that. It's all unique. Um, so, uh, if, so if someone's listening to us right now and uh, they are either a salesperson or they're with a corporation and uh, they're looking for something different, like you're, the fit that you have, the product that you design, it's, it is a wrestling belt. You would make for it's the same thing that I sell to WWE. Um, same thing I sell to Nathan's famous hot dogs. It's the real deal, but yeah. totally a custom product made from scratch. So whatever you'd want on it, whatever words, logos, images, you know, whatever, whatever your idea is, um, it can be done. And like you said, salesman of the war, uh, salesman of the year, salesman of the quarter, right. salesman of the month, uh, car dealerships. I, I had mentioned to you, I introduced it to, um, local car dealership, the concept and something as simple as, um, they can compete, right? Just like the, uh, the wrestlers compete for the belt. Mm -hmm. Um, they can compete for the belt, uh, on a monthly basis, quarterly basis, whatever. And it's a great motivator. Yeah. Having been in sales myself, that would have been so much fun to win. Um, yeah. And you can walk around the office with the belt around your waist or around your shoulder and rub it in everyone's face. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I'm sitting here with this, uh, at my desk, one of my awards is this lovely crystal boot, uh, <laughs> cowboy boot that I get to like show people. Um, but my goodness, it would be so much fun to have a belt sitting on my desk right now. Yeah. Um, so no, I can appreciate that from being a salesman to be able to, you know, gosh, every meeting you'd be able to you'd be able to show up with that bad boy and, and display it. So it would really be a pride, uh, a great thing to, from a, uh, you know, motivational. Standpoint. Oh yeah. Just, uh, I, I can I could just see it now, and obviously uh, from a corporate world uh, setting, your opportunities. Now I was on your website, and I'm gonna, if I'm going to peek here now, because you probably know all this in your head. But if I may, like you said, all the um, you've produced belts for the following, and like I said, it's a whole scroll page of stuff, and I've uh, listed a few in your bio. But um, and, yeah, Coca Cola, Pepsi, Verizon, AT and T, Google, Dr Pepper. Yep, uh, Iron Mountain, T-Mobile, uh, Sports Clips, Office Max. Um, yeah, Sports Clips was a cool one. If you get your hair cut at Sports Clips about a year ago, they did a whole promotion where the actual picture of the belt was in every Sports clip store. It was, uh, oh, there was, really? Yeah, there was like a butler who had the belt on like a silver platter, and he was it was like a cardboard cutout of him standing there with it. Yeah. That was pretty neat to be able to see. 
Uh, let's see here. I saw, um, uh, well, I mentioned Google, uh, 7-Eleven, Dunkin' Donuts. I don't know if I mentioned that. Mike's Hard Lemonade, Ryan Holmes, uh, New York Life, Progressive. Like, you're, you are all over the place. How did these opportunities uh, come about for you to get connected? Word of mouth um, or, or your marketing or what? Well, quite frankly, a lot of it was uh, they, they found me. Um, a lot of it is um, just a Google search, you know, this online search. I mean, there's other companies that do this. Um, yeah. I like to think I'm the best and um, I'm the most um, easy. I, I, I'm very easy to deal with. Um, you know, I, I do this for a living. It's not like a hobby side yeah. type thing. Yeah. So I take it very seriously. Yeah. Um, so even though it is a unique kind of crazy kind of thing, um, it's still my business and it's what pays my bills. So I take it very seriously. And I think the people realize that once they, you know, hear, you know, once they either call me or email me and I can respond and they see my website. If you look at my website and I encourage everyone to do so, um, it's definitely cutting edge. It looks good. It's clean. Nice. It's I would agree with that. Easy to follow. Um, and it's professional. It's right. not like I'm, you know, just some bum working out of my basement and I'm here today going tomorrow kind of thing. And I would also say it's not a duplicate because like you said, anyone can make belts, but you're making them for, I mean, I, on your website, you have the rock sitting there with a belt over his shoulder. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, you, you turn on WWE every week, either any day of the week, you're going to see some of my work. And it's out there. So you are the guy that creates those belts and I would want to work with you for that reason alone. Exactly. Some, you know, fab shop behind that's cranking these out by the thousands. Yeah. And, um, and, I, and I know one thing too, and you know, some, this, this, uh, the one thing that I say is perception is reality yeah. and that's sometimes a good thing, sometimes a bad thing, but you know, the perception is the reality and the reality is real when right. it comes to me. You know, yeah, yeah, this is the guy that makes belts for WWE. But, yeah, that's the truth. It's not like I'm just saying that, And but when you get yours, it's not going to be nice or anything bad. The one you get is just as nice. It's the same process, same quality as WWE belt. So if you're watching wrestling and you want one like The Rock has, you come to me, I'll get you the exact same thing. And I've even, uh, on your website, I think uh, you have economy belts. And I think I saw a picture of a kid with an economy belt, and the thing looks sharp. Yeah, yeah, that was the other thing too that I had uh, talked to another friend of mine who uh, he's a local businessman. I'm not, you may or may not know, him, um, but he's he talked me into developing uh, more than one style because the belts that I started with that I that I call my premium style belts, which would be like your WWE belts. Yeah, um, you know they're they're a very nice quality custom product, but they're they're not cheap. You know, right. they start right. around twelve hundred dollars. Right. Not everybody has $1,200. So why not offer something else for someone who has $400? Right. So I, you know, worked with my uh, engraving company and we developed a new, uh, uh, what's called my economy style belt, which is they're not as fancy, but they are custom and they're quality. Yeah. Um, so then I, now I have a product line. I have the premium style and I have the economy style. Yeah. Oh, you know, you got your cheaper ones for people who don't have as much money to spend or it's not something they're taking super seriously or maybe it's a gag gift or whatever they want, whatever right. they want. So we had that and that was going really well. So then I decided, well, maybe I should have another one, have a middle ground. So in the last, I guess it's been about a year now, I developed my mid-level style belt, which is 
Um, it's still custom. It's still quality, but it's a little nicer metal than the economy style. Yeah. Not as nice as the premium. Um, doesn't have a lot of color on it. So I'm, I'm not spending a lot of time. That's the main reason why I don't have to paint it sure. and spend the time painting it. Um, but it's still a nice, you know, shiny gold plated plate. Right. That goes on, you know, my straps, um, that, that I have made pre-made, um, you can just plug it on there and then, uh, you have a nice quality product. That's you no, know, it's not $1,200, but it's not $400 yeah. around 800. Hey, that model of uh, selling, uh, options, you know, they yeah. do that in the car business. Um, you know, you can buy a base model or you can buy the uh, top, top model of that car. Uh, and you have people who want the base model. You want the people who want to pay the highest price for the best quality. Exactly. Yeah. And everything you do, like you said, is custom. It's not, you know, manufactured in some plant and 500 per minute are being cranked out. So that's awesome. Um, Andrew, where do you see yourself in five years? What would you like to be doing with this company? Well, that's a good question. I mean, obviously I want to grow as much as I can. Um, it's, it's, I'm in a unique position now because I definitely achieved one of my biggest life goals that I'm, I'm making belts for WWE. You know, you, you, you turn on, you, you rewind my life, what, 30 years. And I'm a little kid watching, you know, Saturday morning wrestling with Hulk Hogan holding a belt up and I'm making belts out of paper. Now I'm the guy making the belt that Hulk Hogan's holding up. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. You know, that is cool. to say that I'm able to do that. I mean, really in the history of WWE in the modern era, or wrestling in general, there's been what one, two, three, four people, four main people that have made belts for WWE, and I'm one of them. Nice. That's that's pretty cool to be able to say. Oh, that is huge. To be able to you know have a belt on my kitchen counter one week, like literally this past week, I had plates on my kitchen counter Thursday. On Tuesday, they were on international television. Wow, that's pretty cool. You know, that is really so, cool, especially out of Little Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Latrobe. Latrobe. <laughs> um, I'm working on it. That's all right. Um, so it's pretty cool to be able to achieve that goal. Um, I guess my, you know, the, my next goal would be to, you know, just continue with that and, uh, you know, do even more with them and, and, you know, really focus on like, like we had talked about on the corporate awards, um, getting out to more corporations. Sure. I mean, the hardest part is getting it in front of the right person. Right. You know, in front of the decision maker, not necessarily, well, it's, it's hard to get it in front of the right decision maker, you know, right. especially being that it is a unique um, product that isn't always taken seriously. It could get passed over, especially if it's not the right person seeing it. Right. So, you know, getting your foot in the door is always the tricky part. So that's what I'm focusing on now. Cool. So if anyone's listening and they work for a company or if they know of someone that works for a company that they're always looking for creative ideas, you have the product in, that they can, uh, they should consider. And that's uh, right. You yeah. Go to your website, wildcatbelts.com. Um, so you, you, you have a full-time uh, gig or a part-time gig and you do this full-time. I mean, you're a busy guy. Yeah, you could say that. So, <laughs> So my challenge when I coach people is to, you know, sometimes I'll ask the question, what do you want to do when you grow up? Well, I might be asking that question of a 50 year old mm -hmm. and they'll laugh and joke and say, no, seriously, what do you want to do? What did you want to do? And why didn't you do it? And they'll give reasons. Well, you know, I got married, I got kids, I got a mortgage, I have all these things. 
if they have a passion and they don't pursue passion and my goal is to really help people. I mean, we only live once. And as far as I know, we only live once and why not go after what you really enjoy, right? Early on, you identified a passion. You didn't let anyone steer you away from that and steal that dream of yours, right? Uh, we could be having a conversation right now of saying, hey, remember the day when you used to make this stuff and you loved it? And, you know, what happened, Andrew? And it's like, well, you know, I was a kid back then. You didn't do that. And my challenge to people is to not let other people steal their dream. And, you know, regardless of age, Colonel Sanders, what, he was in his 70s. And yeah. he, you know, chased his passion about making this great chicken. And he got people to buy it. And, and uh, you know, his, uh, you know, everyone knows uh, Kentucky fried chicken, right? So, um, he didn't take no for an answer and he didn't feel that age was a barrier. So if you were to tell anyone that has a passion, um, and they're struggling trying to like balance life and, you know, should they go for it or not, you did it. What would you tell them? Yeah. Um, well, I would I, <sighs> I think a lot of people like, like in my situation, you know what I mean? Oh, I'm going to make championship belts for WWE, right? Well, it's just like anything. You're not going to like when you're a baby, you're not going to walk into walking. You have to learn how to crawl and then you have to learn how to hold yourself up and then you can walk. You have to break it down into smaller steps. Mm -hmm. So yeah, your dream might be huge. I mean, look at mine, you know, you have to be able to break it down, take it one day at a time learn from your mistakes and I, and also learn from other people's mistakes. Right. Um, success always leaves clues and failure always leaves clues. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's very true. And, um, don't, I, I don't, I don't, I want to say, you know, don't be overcome by the enormity of whatever your passion is. Right. You know, it, it, I'm proof that it can happen. So, and I, maybe I didn't think of it in these terms until I look back on it. But yeah, I, I took small steps. You know, I, I used to make belts out of paper and then I made them out of rubber. And then I figured out how to make them out of leather right. and I found, you know, how to do the metal. And then I learned how to design them better. And it was, I mean, it was literally, you know, just stacked on top of each other. Right. It wasn't overnight. I mean, I was making belts for, what did I say? We started in 05 and really 20. 16 was the first time I made a lot of belts for WWE. So I was doing this 11 years before I, uh, you know, really made it big. So don't let the enormity scare you away, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, that's a fair, uh, that's a fair assessment. You can't start until you start. So take that first step, you know, you got to get from point A to point B. You can't get there until you take the first step. Right. If you look back at, anything that you've done in life that you're good at, whether it's painting, whether it's juggling, whether it's bowling or biking, whatever you do. Well, um, done. there was a day one where you didn't know anything. Right. Right. And if you, if you would have thought on day one, Oh heck, there's no way I'm going to, I'm not, I'm never going to be good at bowling or I'm never going to be good at painting and you never pursued it. You'll never know. But like you said, you started out small. The other thing you had me think about, I was just reading um, this morning, thinking go rich. And I was, and, um, there's a story about Barnes in there. Uh, if you remember early, uh, I think it was out of the first chapter, he was a gentleman that made a decision. Uh, he had a burning desire to be a partner of Andrew Carnegie and he, they didn't even know each other, but he set out and pretty much burned all of his bridges to make this a reality for his life. Right. They say, if you're going to, if you're going to take a, uh, take an Island, 
um, you know, burn your ships. So you have no choice but to win. Mm-hmm. And um, he did the same thing. And you had shared your story with me, how you got your first belt in the hands of a decision maker with WWE uh, to open up the opportunity for you to start getting belts. And uh, you contacted someone, they said, Hey, send me a belt. And you said, Hey, I'm going to hand deliver it. Right. And, uh, and you had your uh, opportunity for what the uh, 15 minutes to sell yourself mm-hmm. services and made it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I cornered uh, the ring announcer for WWE at a little show here in Johnstown asked him who makes the decisions, who buys the belts. And he didn't know exactly, but he knew the department. He said, your best bets to call this department. Yep. I did. Um, they call me back just like you said. And they're like, Oh yeah, we're looking for a new belt maker. Send me what you got. And that was, that was my chance right there. I make it or break it right there. I said, well, I can send it to you, but I'd really like to just get 15 minutes of your time to sit in front of you tell you about me, tell you what I can do, what I can help, how I can help you. And she said, well, why don't you come up next Thursday? So I got in a car, drove to Stanford, Connecticut next Thursday, and it was literally a 15-minute meeting, you know, but it was, you know, me holding a lot of emotion in because I'm like, here I am at Titan Towers, Vince McMahon is sitting three floors above me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like this is my life's, you know, goal, call, you know, call, you know, culminating right in front of yep. me. Yep. It was but all right there. Yeah, it worked. Um, they liked it, and, um, you know, I've been working with them ever since. The rest is history. Andrew, awesome story. I'm excited to uh, have you on the show. Um, can I do one thing too? One thing I can yeah. say, you were asking advice for anyone. Yeah. I mean, obviously it depends on what you know, you're doing and what you're looking to do, but really when you're, when you're wondering about something or can I do this or, you know, how do I figure out how to do this? The worst, usually the worst something, if you ask a question about how to do something, the worst that can happen is someone says no. Right. And if they say no, then ask someone else. Right. And that's how, that's how I did it. You know what I mean? How many engravers I dealt with, how many players I dealt with that said no, that don't get my business now. And now I'm doing hundreds of belts a year that, you know, I'm not, you know, they, they could have had my business, but they said no, which is right. fine. Okay. You said no, I'll find someone else. Right. Um, I, I know there's a quote, hopefully it's not a, uh, uh, hopefully it's reality. It talks about Michael Jordan, how many shots he's missed. Right. And how famous he is. Right. Um, but he has to take the shot. Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth, I think too. Yeah. How many, how many strikeouts he had. You got to take the shot. That's right. And, um, and if you good. don't, you're going to regret it eventually. Yeah. And the other thing too is failure is part of success. Um, I got to be honest. I never really thought through that um, until doing what I've been doing now full time for two years. Um, if you view failure as defeat, you'll never get started. But failure oftentimes is an opportunity for you to grow and become better as you work towards success and multiple failures will lead you to success. You know, um, and a lot of people view success. They don't see, it's kind of like a uh, iceberg. They just see the top and they see success that you have, but they don't see what you did to get there. Right. All the struggles, all the failures, all the no's, all the hangups, all the closed doors and uh, the defeat that you felt, but you kept pushing through to be able to achieve success. And good Lord, five years from now, 10 years from now, to be able to have you back on this radio show and see what's going on in your world would be an awesome you know, thing to do. Yeah, that'd be great. You're just, you're just on a trajectory that's going, going places. So, Andrew, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, Tom, thank you for having me here. This is Journeys to Success Radio Show. My name is Chuck Bellina. Uh, hopefully, uh, you enjoyed listening. Again, Andrew Lasarchik, uh, wildcatbelts.com. Take a look at it. See his material. Uh, Give him a call.
Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email tom at tomtutall.com for details.